Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Egg Today. Coming up on today's program, Borgo Industries in St. Bruce, Saskatchewan, is being sold. We'll tell you to who. Coming up on today's program, some changes are coming to the meeting events organized by the Crop Commissions in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and Alberta over the next month. Kevin Hirsch, the Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com, will fill us in on that. As well, vitamin A is an important part of a cow's diet. Chelsea Siemens, the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Kindersley, will fill us in on that. And the Canadian beef industry needs a current and accurate picture of the realities on farms and ranches across the country to prioritize research and resources with the greatest potential to benefit cattle producers. And so, therefore, they're having a survey. We'll tell you about it. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of SaskAg Today. But first, it's time for the Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. And that's a presentation of Milligan Bio. Milligan Bio now offers bio meal for your livestock, giving your animals more protein, more energy, and more of what they need. It's also brought to you by Sean Prahitka, your REMAX Blue Chip Ag Division Special. Agriculture Outlook with Precision Weather. With Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, it's bright and sunny here in the Yorkton area today. And once again, our temperatures are above normal. Yeah, above normal and heading toward maybe even above freezing. Very Briefly, very minimally, but above nonetheless, zero, one degree, certainly not bad. And the wind, which was still up early on today, has really dropped off considerably, and it will be in the lighter side through the afternoon. Still turning around a bit toward the northeast, but generally uh, 10 kilometers per hour or less most of the time. The quiet weather pattern will hold not only through the next couple of days, but uh, right into a good portion of next week. This pattern is really locked in. I have to look way down the road just because that's where the active weather is, and there is uh, some indication that by the time we get to the end of the year, we could be looking at some cooler air. But that's still uh, a ways away. So we'll enjoy the warm weather right through the holidays. Temperature minus 7 with a clear sky tonight, and we'll be at minus 1 tomorrow. If we don't get to the freezing mark, it's still uh, well above normal. Mainly clear sky Friday night and Saturday, though minus 5, the high near 3. That's likely the last of the above freezing days. Although we will see one more spike before any cold air comes in. We'll be staying in those low minus single numbers, minus, generally minus 1 to minus 4 most of the week, around minus 3 Sunday, minus 1 uh, Monday, and then we wobble a bit through Tuesday, Wednesday. Staying dry, there will be a little more cloudiness as the week goes on. As I mentioned, a little change toward the uh, end of the year, which is next weekend. Uh, that could bring in some snow, but long way off and a whole lot of weather to enjoy until then. 
uh, with temperatures running anywhere from 10 to 12 degrees above normal on the cooler days and 15 to 20 in some t- at some occasions. That's Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. Temperatures around the region this hour, the Paw is at minus 5 degrees, Swan River minus 2, Dauphin 0, Brandon and Roblin minus 4, Show Lake Russell minus 3. Regina, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head all reporting in at plus 1, Saskatoon minus 2, Hudson Bay minus 3, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 0. The Yorkton-Melville region has a sunny sky, a west wind at 9 kilometers an hour. 84% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 1 degree. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 4 degrees. Yesterday, Yorkton reached a high of minus 6 degrees and dropped to a low of minus 10 degrees. There was a trace of precipitation that fell in the 24-hour period ending at midnight last night. The normal high for this date is minus 12. The normal low is minus 22. The sun rose in Yorkton at 8.52 this morning, and it will set at 4.44 this afternoon. Extreme temperatures for Manitoba and Saskatchewan. The Manitoba hotspot yesterday was Cypress River. It got up to zero. The cold spot was Tadouli Lake at minus 36 degrees. The Saskatchewan hotspot yesterday was Canada's hotspot. Maple Creek got up to plus 15 degrees. The Saskatchewan cold spot was Collins Bay at minus 32 degrees. And that's a look at your agriculture weather. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will return right after these messages. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. Borgo Industries in St. Bruce, Saskatchewan is being sold for $640 million. Linamar Corporation is adding Borgo to its stable of companies, which already includes harvesting specialist MacDon, as well as tillage and crop nutrition expert Salford. Linamar says it now possesses a full lineup of products covering the entire production cycle, from field preparation to seeding, crop nutrition, harvest, and post-harvest. Jim Gerald is Linamar's president and chief operating officer. Borco is really a well-known agricultural brand um, who Linamar, quite frankly, has admired for some time. If you go back to the day when we bought MacDon and did our first uh, growth offsite regarding agriculture with them, this was a clear target and discussion point we really thought were complementary. And the company has been in business for about 50 years clear market leadership in the seeding segment with their innovative air carts and air seeders. I mean, they have been consistently ranked in North America, top in the three of the last six years from the dealer association. They're in St. Brew, headquartered there, about a thousand employees, very experienced senior management team that we're excited to have a part of uh, the company. They're around, uh, you know, 500 million in sales, a huge, strong order book out of the gate here. And, uh, you know, another a company that has sort of lower capital expenditures and about uh, a million square feet in St. Brew with other manufacturing support, 
you know, around the world. Linamar is based in Guelph, Ontario. The company's various operations employ more than 29,000 people worldwide in a total of 60 manufacturing plants, eight research and development centers, and 25 sales offices in 17 countries located in North and South America, Europe, and Asia. In a news release announcing the sale, Borgo President Jerry Borgo says the family is extremely proud of the legacy created in St. Brew and around the world. The transaction is subject to customary regulatory approvals and is expected to close in the first quarter of 2024. Meanwhile, some changes are coming to the meeting events organized by the crop commissions in Manitoba, Saskatchewan and Alberta over the next couple of months. Registration is now open for the meetings. Kevin Hirsch, the chief agricultural editor for saskagtoday.com, has this report. There's no longer one large meeting event with keynote speakers during crop production week in Saskatoon. Sask canola, sask wheat, sask barley, sask flax, and Saskatchewan pulse growers are holding back-to-back annual business meetings at the Western Development Museum in Saskatoon on Tuesday, January 9th. These are AGMs without guest speakers. The crop production show will be running Tuesday to Thursday of that week at nearby Prairieland Park. A few groups will have speakers along with their AGM. Sask Oats is holding its event at Prairieland Park on January 10th. Sask Mustard is holding its AGM with guest speakers at Prairieland Park January 11th. Check out sascrops.com and cropweek.com for what's going on and to register. It's a much simpler formula for Ag Days in Brandon on January 16th, 17th, and 18th. The huge trade show has two theaters with non-stop speakers each day covering topics ranging from agronomy to marketing to politics. Commodity groups and Manitoba agriculture are heavily involved in the speaker lineup. You can take in whatever speakers you want as part of your $20 a day admission to the trade show. In Alberta, FarmTech has morphed into an event called Crossroads Crop Conference. It's sponsored by Alberta Canola, Alberta Grains, and Alberta Pulse Growers on January 29th to 31st. As Sean Jackula, a farmer from Vermilion and director with Alberta Grains, explains, this year Crossroads is being moved from Edmonton to the Weston Calgary Airport. I guess the decision was made to rotate the conference between Calgary and Edmonton. And so this is our first event that will be in Calgary. And the plan is to move back and forth uh, on alternating years, just to open up uh, to allow people from both geographical areas to easily access the event. Attendance to Crossroads is limited to 800 people and carries a price tag. Up until December 1st, an early bird pass can be purchased for about $500. Included in the topics, future changes in the structure of farm finance, dealing with unprofitable acres, the impact of AI in agriculture, and Weather 2024 by Drew Lerner of World Weather Inc. For Saskag Today, I'm Kevin Hirsch. And it's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program. That's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. GX94. Agri-Review. Winnipeg-based Bueller Industries has inked a deal that will see a Turkish company purchase its majority stake. Bueller Industries and Basak Tractor, a subsidiary of ASCO Holding, entered an agreement to purchase common shares held by Russia-based combine factory Rostselmash and to acquire all outstanding debt Bueller owed to Rostselmash for $60.5 million. Rost Selmash owned about 97% of Bueller's shares. It purchased some 80% of shares in 2007 for $145 million and increased its stake with a $12.25 million purchase of 16.3% of shares in 2021. Bueller Industries manufactures the versatile tractor line and Farm King equipment. Its heavy ties to Russia led to the company distancing itself from that country's invasion of Ukraine in February of 2022. Bueller put out a statement saying it operates with autonomy and its decisions are made in Canada. The Ice Futures canola market was hard-pressed to see room to the upside as it headed into the end of 2023, with relatively comfortable supplies and generally bearish technical signals overhanging the market. The March contract has lost roughly $50 per metric ton since the beginning of December, trading at levels not seen since June. While a corrective bounce is always possible, that would require an outside catalyst. Most signals point lower for the oil seed as the calendar flips to 2024. For starters, Statistics Canada raised its call on the size of the crop to 18.3 million metric tons, up by nearly 1 million from the model-based estimate of September and only slightly behind what was grown the previous year. The Canadian Grain Commission plans to review its processes in light of what happened this past summer regarding test weights. Speaking at the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan annual meeting, Assistant Chief Commissioner Patty Rocher said the decision to align primary and export test weights and then reverse it indicates the Commission should have approached the situation differently. The CGC announced in June it was going to align the lower primary test weight with the higher export standard, saying few farmers would be affected. But Sask Wheat and APAS argued that grain companies could blend grain to meet the standard, but farmers could not. They said that wheat grading number one could be downgraded as low as feed if the test weight was too low. They also said the change should not have come so close to harvest when contracts had been signed much earlier. Irrigation Saskatchewan is now the lead irrigation organization in the province following the successful amalgamation of two provincial organizations. Talks to join Saskatchewan Irrigation Projects Association, or SIPA, and Irrigation Crop Diversification Corporation, or ICDC, into one entity, have been ongoing for years. A joint executive working committee was formed in March of 2022 
and both organizations voted unanimously to start amalgamation proceedings following the 2022 annual general meeting last December. The ratifying vote for the Irrigation Saskatchewan bylaws and amalgamation mechanics took place following the Irrigation Saskatchewan Conference and the SIPA AGM on December 6th. Both bodies have been working as normal in the lead-up to the amalgamation, but will now combine resources and mandates with separate research and policy branches. A Quebec tofu maker has received a $400,000 federal loan to help automate its organic tofu production facility. Soy Expert was founded in 2019 and uses traditional Japanese techniques to produce its certified organic firm tofu. It received the $400,000 repayable contribution through Canada Economic Development for Quebec Region. It recently built a new production facility and installed digital equipment, including a highly automated production line, which has allowed it to increase production and develop its flagship product, Soikai. Even so, local manufacturers haven't always been able to meet demand in the province. In early 2019, it was reported that Unisoya, unable to fill all customer orders, had voluntarily stopped selling to Costco. It was in the midst of expanding its facility. The report attributed the increase in tofu demand to factors like the rising cost of meat, interest in reducing meat consumption for health and environmental reasons, and rising interest in vegetarianism. And Saskag Today is always available on podcast. Listen to past shows whenever you want. Find them easily by going to gx94radio.com. Also, you can hear the podcast on your Amazon Echo. Just enable the GX94 skill and choose Saskag Today. And yes, it is free. And that's the Ag Review portion of our program. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will be back right after the you. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's sunny and minus one degree in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at one o'clock. Vitamin A is an important part of a cow's diet. Chelsea Siemens, the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture in Kindersley, has more. Vitamin A is important for many body functions, including growth, immunity, skin and hoof health, and reproduction. Vitamin A deficiency in beef cows can result in decreased overall health and performance, blindness, decreased fertility, higher incidence of retained placenta, and stillborn or weak calves. Vitamin A is transferred to calves through colostrum, so cows must have sufficient vitamin A stores to produce good quality colostrum. If cows are deficient in vitamin A, or if calves don't receive enough colostrum, calves are likely to be vitamin A deficient. Actively growing green plants contain beta-carotene, a pigment which is converted to vitamin A in the body. During the summer, cows usually consume more than enough beta-carotene to produce the vitamin A that they need. This vitamin A will be stored in the cow's liver and fat tissue for a period of two to four months. During the fall and winter, cattle are consuming dormant forages or harvested feed in which the beta-carotene content is much lower, making it necessary to supplement vitamin A in the ration. Even feeds that were harvested green will gradually decrease in beta-carotene concentration during storage. Challenging environmental conditions impact pasture and forage quality, including vitamin A content. During dry years, plants may go dormant earlier in the season, extending the time period that cattle go without green forage. 
Pasture and hay shortages may also result in cattle being fed crop residue, high concentrate rations, and other diets that are naturally low in beta carotene. These conditions all contribute to an increased risk of vitamin A deficiency and the need for supplementation. Many commercially available mineral mixes and supplements include vitamin A. Look for the guaranteed analysis on the label, where vitamin quantities are expressed as international units per kilogram of supplement. To ensure that cattle are receiving the desired quantity of vitamin A, they must consume the supplement within the recommended range. For example, if a mineral mix containing 500,000 international units per kilogram of vitamin A is provided at 100 grams per cow per day, each cow will receive enough vitamin A to meet her requirement. However, if each cow only consumes 50 grams per day, the requirement for vitamin A may not be met. Use caution if feeding more than one ingredient containing supplemental minerals, as some minerals are toxic at high levels or when present in the wrong proportions. Contact a nutritionist or livestock and feed extension specialist for advice on balancing your particular ration. Creating a plan for appropriate vitamin A supplementation is a relatively easy and inexpensive step which can have a significant positive impact on cow health and productivity. For more information, please contact your local regional services office or call the Agriculture Knowledge Centre at 1-866-457-2377. That's Chelsea Siemens. She's the Livestock and Feed Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture based in Kindersley. It's time now for the Livestock Market Conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Yorkton. Livestock Market Conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for February are trading at 169.22, down 107. April live cattle trading at 172.65, down 117. January feeder cattle trading at 222.75, down 130. March feeder cattle trading at 224.37, down 137. February lean hogs trading at 70.72, that's up 50. April lean hogs trading at 76.97, up 5. And that's the livestock market conditions. Now it's time for the Heartland Livestock Report from Yorkton. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of December the 20th. Highlight of the morning for me. We are on our Christmas break and it's only four days away. That is my highlight of the morning. What a crazy fall run we had. Probably the most cattle we ever put through the ring since I've been here at Heartland. Thank you to all our current producers and new, new producers for your support. Greatly appreciated. Our first pre-shirt of the new year will be Wednesday, January the 10th. We have 1,700 head consigned for that sale. That sale is one of my favorite sales. Please book your cattle to avoid any disappointment. At this time, Heartland Yorkton would like to wish our current customers and new customers and to all our order buyers from our house to your house, wishing you all and your families a joyous and happy Christmas. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. Have a great Christmas, everyone. Take care and stay safe. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Welcome back to Saskag Today. Saskatchewan's two major pulse crops are peas and lentils, but producers are being asked to consider growing small and minor acre pulses. Saskatchewan pulse growers agronomy manager Megan Reed 
has more from the Pulse of the Prairies podcast. Yeah, so our minor acre pulses are um, not grown, obviously, in the same acreage numbers that we see peas and lentils being grown. And so those crops would be chickpeas, faba beans, dry beans, soybeans, and fenugreek. She outlines how they compare to peas and lentils. Well, to begin with, all of them are either highly tolerant or resistant to Athanomyces or are a non-host crop altogether. So, for example, chickpea and faba bean are highly tolerant or resistant to Athanomyces infections, as well as certain varieties of dry bean that are grown in Saskatchewan. While soybeans and fenugreek are all non-hosts, meaning they aren't susceptible to the disease at all and Athanomyces can't infect their roots. So crops like these also provide a host of other benefits compared to peas and lentils, not just the aphanomyces tolerance or resistant. Some of those benefits include breaking up pest cycles, so there's different disease cycles or they're not susceptible to the same diseases that peas and lentils are, like anthracnose and weed susceptibility like kochia. And they can also shift the workload intensity at peak times like seeding, spraying and harvest. So soybeans, you seed them a little bit later, you harvest them later, they can stand out later in the fall. And incorporating soybeans can shift that workload intensity from when we typically see peas and lentils going in first and coming off first at peak times. Reed says some of the minor crops are easy to adopt into a rotation. It kind of depends where you are geographically, but my top three would be soybean, faba bean, and dry bean. I also mentioned chickpea. Chickpea is very popular, particularly in west central and southwest Saskatchewan. And that's kind of the growing area where chickpea does best. They don't really like high moisture or shorter growing seasons. So... To start off with, it can touch on soybean. So soybean is a really popular crop globally. It's a leading oilseed globally. But in Saskatchewan, the key attributes that we really look to as it being a good fit on farm would be, again, that it's a non-host for Methanomyces root rot. Uh, soybean also offers alternative herbicide and fungicide options. So we have the R2, the Extend, the E3 varieties that are tolerant to Roundup, Dicamba, uh, glufosinate now are also available. So there's multiple different herbicide packages that are different from the immies that we typically see sprayed on peas and lentils. So all of those group two resistant herbicides that we have group two resistant weeds that are really an issue in our peas and lentils, soybeans offer alternative herbicides to break up and get control of those uh, resistant weeds, as well as the strobularon resistance that we see in lentils and chickpeas in particular. We can spray different fungicides on soybeans because there's different pest pressures. And typically in Saskatchewan, we don't really have a high need for spraying fungicide on soybeans anyways. Again, uh, the division of workload that I mentioned before, they go in a little bit later because they need warm soil, but they can stand out in the field as well and just go down to those sticks and uh, growers can wait to harvest them after everything else is off. They also include other rotational benefits like our typical pulses such as fertility, um, you will get a nitrogen credit by growing soybeans. And the other benefit to putting a soybean in is that there are well-established markets. So you can sell soybeans to your local elevator, to your local pulse processor. And the market is actually very robust as far as varieties go. So there are numerous different seed companies that are constantly putting innovative dollars into new varieties, particularly in Western Canada, focusing on shorter season, full disease and pest packages, incorporating more of those herbicide packages that control our pests that are a real issue as far as weeds go. And then also 
trying to focus on setting that protein content in our soybean acres. So soybeans are a really great fit for the province, uh, particularly the new varieties that have been coming out lately. But she says it's too early to say if the new pulse varieties will have increased yields in a shorter growing season. Well, I can't definitively say. I feel like can't put my feet to the fire on that one and say that, yes, the varieties that are on the market today are going to be breaking that 35 bushel plus that we need or or want to see to start making money, really making money in soybeans. If you're in the, those peak you know, really good soybean growing areas, southeastern Saskatchewan, east central. Um, I think the varieties that are on the market, guys are being really successful. They're having great success growing soybeans. As you move into um, more of the fringe areas, so northeast Saskatchewan, north central Saskatchewan, around Saskatoon, I cannot say that there's a guarantee that you'll get those yields, but there's a better chance of it because the varieties are shorter season. So we're seeing a lot of triple zero varieties that are triple zero five, triple zero six, triple zero seven, where they're getting the maturity down to being a lot closer to a pea variety, a long season pea, which is really good news. So. I would highly encourage that if anyone grew beans in 2017, 2016, 2018, back in the the booming years when we really thought beans were going to take over Western Canada, if you grew beans then, I would highly encourage considering beans again this year for 2024. The varieties have come a long way, the herbicide packages are better, and there are a number of early season varieties on the market. There was 23 new low double zero and triple zero varieties released last year, in t- this year in 2023. And the market is, that's where the market is going in Western Canada. So if a growers had any taste of it, they're interested in it, put a little bit in and give it a try. Reed then outlines two other pulse crops to consider. The next crop that is near and dear to my heart when it comes to small acre pulses is faba beans. And so some of the key benefits to growing faba beans is that they are highly resistant to aphanomyces. So that's one big plus for them. They're also moisture loving and very tolerant of saturated soils. So they prefer a cooler, more temperate growing season and are really suited to rich, heavy soils with lots of moisture and they can handle that saturation. They also have an exceptional nitrogen fixing ability and they're actually the highest end fixing pulse crop that we have available to us. So they'll fix 80% of their nitrogen, which means that your nitrogen credit the next year is also going to be really high when you grow them. We also have new marketing opportunities available for faba bean in the province as well. So there are new processors that are opening up and more marketing opportunities. So there are a little bit easier to sell than they would have been you know, five, 10 years ago even. And the other benefit is that they have really high protein levels. So they make an excellent plant-based protein source and a feed source for livestock. Typically, we would say that growing faba beans is best suited to northern and eastern Saskatchewan. So if there's a grower in that area that is really struggling with peas and lentils, I would encourage them to look at faba beans as well as an option. And then the next crop is dry beans. So There are a number of different classes of dry bean available and there's variable resistance depending on which class you're looking at. The class that we grow in Saskatchewan typically, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the variety even is a black bean called CDC Blackstrap. Uh, And that is has a high tolerance or is resistant to aphanomyces. So we have a relatively low risk of disease as well because we don't have the pest pressures or the pest cycles that you would see in Ontario. 
that really impact a dry bean acre, we don't have them in Saskatchewan. So they're relatively low input, low risk as far as a disease management perspective. And they're both suitable for irrigated and dry land production. So if you are in that irrigated country, great. They're a good opportunity. If not, you want to try and get into them. They can be produced under our narrow row spacing in dry land. And they do very, very well. She says there's a big advantage to seeding dry beans. That they're suitable for straight cutting and you don't need any specialized equipment to grow dry beans, which might be a misconception of this crop. So they're, they're really easy to adopt and they're a great opportunity for guys if they're looking to get into something other than a pea and lentil. And then finally, I will touch on chickpeas. So as we said, they are best suited to West Central, Southwest Saskatchewan. They love drought. They are resistant to aphanomyces. They can tolerate a lot of heat. And they actually do require a little bit of drought or stress to get them to go into dry down. And another key point is that we have new herbicide tolerant varieties available. So there's a lot of work going into research on new varieties and development that way. And the other key piece, which might be <laughs> might be a, a selling point coming off of 2023, is that chickpeas are relatively low risk for grasshopper damage because they have acid secreted in the leaves and stems and pods that deter insect feeding. So if there's another plant out there, the grasshoppers will eat that preferentially over a chickpea plant. So they're relatively resistant naturally to grasshopper feeding. And if we have anything like we did as far as grasshopper pressure in 24 as we did in 2023, that's a huge benefit because there was a ton of grasshopper pressure across the province this past year. But Reed says there are some limitations to small and minor pulse crops. It's not all and it's not always sunshine and roses with these crops. Each crop choice is going to have some pros and cons. And so one of the things that you would I wouldn't necessarily call them a con, but just things that need to be considered when looking at trying a new crop type or if you have experience just best management practices even but the first would be fertility so we know with pulses we need to inoculate them typically and matching that rhizobial strain to the crop type that you're growing is really important some crops like dry bean are actually really poor nitrogen fixers and do better when there's nitrogen fertilization which means that if you've already put nitrogen down in the fall but are still making changes to your rotation for 2024 dry bean might be a fit and looking at a different pulse crop option might be an opportunity to try something new on your farm. So somewhat of a con, but it's still an opportunity for a grower to to branch out and diversify their, their pulse acres, particularly if they haven't had a pulse in rotation for a while. Crop like dry bean might be a good fit. The other thing to consider would be herbicide application. So some of these crops have great herbicide tolerance, like soybean. They have fantastic herbicide tolerance built into their genetics, but others have more limited options. So like chickpea or faba bean, and they can be relatively poor competitors prior to row closure. So the overwinter annuals, any perennial species that get out of the ground really fast as far as weeds go, we can have some issues with getting that early season weed control and planning ahead for that is really important when you have limited uh, in-season herbicide options in some of these pulses. So that would be the one thing that I would uh, drive home is that if you're looking at growing trying out a different pulse crop and even with your pea and lentil acres as well look at your pre-seed and pre-emergent options because they'll really help mitigate the weed pressure uh, before we get to row closure when it's really vital 
the next thing that I would consider or urge guys to consider is look at marketing options. So while we have all of these minor acre pulses, they're really great fit for growers to try out. We still need to investigate the marketing options because there's no point in growing it if you can't sell it or you don't have a plan to get it off farm. So there are a number of commercial elevators that buy soybeans, as I previously mentioned. There's an increasing number of pulse processors and buyers purchasing faba beans, as well as companies that offer production contracts for different types of pulse crops. So if you're looking at trying something out, uh, you've never grown chickpeas before, you've never grown faba beans before, you can reach out to us. You can contact your local buyer, look them up online and make a plan for marketing before you put it in the ground. And then the other thing to consider would be any other pest issues that typically pop up. So generally when we talk about these minor acre crops, they're relatively subject to minimal disease and pest pressures in Saskatchewan compared to pea and lentil, which is one of those things that makes it so attractive. But it's still important to know what possible pests each crop is susceptible to, like iron deficiency chlorosis in soybean or chocolate spot in lagus and faba bean and ascochyta and chickpea. Uh, those would be the main ones that I would watch out for, encourage guys to look into and make a management plan around them so that, you know, you plant a faba bean crop in the spring and come early July, you're wondering why they're turning brown prematurely. It's probably chocolate spot. You don't want to be caught off guard and make a plan to, to have an actionable uh, management decision ahead of time, particularly if you haven't grown them before. She then emphasizes why producers should grow small or minor pulse crops. The biggest takeaway I'd like to leave people with is try it. If you're a grower who used to grow peas or lentils and stopped due to disease or weed issues, or uh, you have been growing peas and lentils and you're just not happy with them, I encourage you to try 80 acres of faba beans or chickpeas or soybeans or dry beans. Tightening rotations by pulling out pulses and just going wheat and canola Durham canola, snow canola. Yeah, we don't want to do that either. <laughs> Migrating to those tightened rotations in your other crops isn't going to solve the other pest pressures and issues that we see in those crops. And diversifying crop rotations has consistently shown increased yield benefits, improved agronomics across the farm. So if you want to have a pulse and rotation, I would seriously urge you to consider trying one of these alternative pulses if you have in the past maybe it's time to go back to them and try it again they provide niche marketing opportunities for your farm they can spread out pest cycles alleviate pest pressures spread out some of the workload and still provide all of the benefits of having that pulse in rotation if you have any questions or if you're concerned if you need some direction on where to go where to find any information please go to our website we have a plethora of resources available there and you can also find our contact information as well and we'd be happy to help you out when it comes to rotation management and rotation planning it's all starting right now in the winter and if there's any acres open or available i urge guys to consider is it time to try a different crop and branch out a little bit that's Megan Reed. She's an agronomist with the Saskatchewan Pulse Growers. Her comments came from the Pulse of the Prairies podcast. Please stay tuned. Your commodities update is coming up next. Commodities update. Canola futures are trading mixed in the nearby months this hour. January canola trading at 647.50 down 80 cents. March canola trading at 662.10, up 30 cents. March Minneapolis wheat trading at 715 and a quarter, down two and three quarters of a cent. March Kansas City wheat 
trading at 6.26 and a half, up one and a half cents. March Chicago wheat trading at 6.13 and three quarters, that's up three and three quarters of a cent. March corn trading at 4.72 and three quarters, up three cents. January soybeans trading at 12.99 and a half, down eight and three quarters of a cent. March oats trading at 3.63 per bushel, down 15 and three quarters of a cent. And that's the commodities update. Please stay tuned. Your Farm Bulletin Board is coming up next. Farm Bulletin Board. Be sure to place a bid on grassland restoration with the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Foundation if you're interested in seeding cultivated land back to native prairie. You can place a bid in their reserve auction for an opportunity to receive financial compensation for your restoration project. By restoring grasslands, you increase long-term grazing resources and biodiversity and reduce habitat fragmentation for species at risk, especially in areas of critical habitat. The bidding closes on January 31st of 2024. To learn more about how the reverse auction process works and how to place a bid, go to www.ssgf.ca. You can email them at communications at ssgf.ca or simply phone them at 306-530-1385. And that's today's Farm Bulletin Board. It's now 1 o'clock, time to check the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast for the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Mainly sunny, winds south becoming northeast at 10 to 15 and a high of plus 1 degree. For tonight, mainly clear, winds east-southeast at 10 to 15, a low of minus 7. For tomorrow, mainly sunny, winds south-southeast at 10 to 20, a high of minus 1, an overnight low of minus 5. For Saturday, mainly sunny, winds south-southeast at 10 to 20, a high of plus 3. For Christmas Eve Sunday, sunny skies, a high of minus 3. And for Christmas Day Monday, mainly sunny, a high of minus 1. In the Paw, it's minus 5 degrees, Swan River is at minus 2, Dauphin 0. Brandon and Roblin, minus 4. Show Lake Russell, minus 3. Regina, Broadview Mooseman, and Indian Head are at plus 1. Saskatoon, minus 2. Hudson Bay, minus 3. Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington, 0. The Yorkton, Melville region has a sunny sky, a west wind at 9 kilometers an hour. 84% is the relative humidity. The temperature is minus 1 degree. With the wind chill, it feels more like minus 4 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskang today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. 
CJGX Yorkton, a Harvard Media radio station serving Saskatchewan and Manitoba. We are GX94.